Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we are Two Teachers Talking, a podcast where Tony and I get together, kind of in virtual world ways, and talk about teaching, teaching in Japan, English teaching, language teaching, and general teaching. And we're kind of coming up to the end of the year, our final episode, and we're kind of going to do something kind of interesting, which is talk about the fact that we recorded a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go, right? (laughs) Recorded an episode and decided, no, we're not going to release that one. We're going to have to re-record again. And we've been kind of reveling in the fact that um, we could take it back. Right? It wasn't out in the wild. It's not like you go into your classroom and teach, and then afterwards you go, oh, man, I wish I could take that back. So we actually took something back. So we're going to talk about that and kind of do a little bit of review of the year of our episodes and talk about what we remember from them. <laughs> yeah, a little, right? little, little self-reflection. Yeah, I had one of those classes yesterday that I wish I could take back. Oh, God, it was a dog. Uh, oh, man, it was so bad. I felt so sorry for these kids. Oh, man, it was a bad one. You want yeah, uh, it's really nice. To read and we have again. a new we have a new topic for the podcast already. <laughs> we're already wait we're one in, one minute in and we're already off track. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, yeah we we had, we're all ready to go. You know, we recorded, we put it in the can. It's like you know that wasn't very good. <laughs> it's like, and um, yeah, I think we I think we made the right call. <laughs> but this should be fun. Yeah, a little um. A little self-reflection and, and a look back at the year and the things that we talked about and things that we think, in terms of the podcast, worked. Um, and some of the things that maybe say, like, well, that, that was kind of, in a similar vein, right? That was kind of a dog. But um, a, a chance for us to look back. But um, also kind of, a, and I'll well, kind of get to it, maybe this should have been saved for the end, but uh, kind of a... A plea, a plea. Yes, a plea. Like if um, I'm sure you know, listeners is like, oh, that was a good one, or this one really was not very good. Um, you know, the feedback would be really helpful because you know we we're kind of you know shooting from the hip and you know you know we know what we hear and we, what we think, but uh, it'd be nice to get more feedback from you guys and let us know what you think. Right, and just remember the importance of getting feedback from yeah. the people you're serving. Yeah, yeah, and they're not, and we're not looking for pats on the back. I mean, we we get. Some I'm of looking those for we, I'm looking for pats on the back, Tony. We, we really appreciate those, <laughs> I, I, and that's great. Yes. But um, the, the the negative stuff is good too. Please and, direct and, all the negative stuff to Tony <laughs> <laughs> or at Tony. I'll take pats on the back. I don't. I get. I, I have enough, you know, of a voice inside my head criticizing me that. Um, I'd appreciate it. But seriously, yes. If people can provide us with some feedback that we can really use to reflect about what's happening and how we can make the podcast better, that would be great. But now that we've made our plea out to the mm-hmm. audience, let's kind of talk about this, Tony. We we were able to take something back. Yeah. Um, and it was nice a really nice feeling. It was a really nice feeling compared to the usual thing. Just because, as you said, you want to kind of explain a little bit about your 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 class, what happened and... You know, then let's kind of segue back into. No, it was just no. it was just one of those things. It was just, it was just one of those days. It was, um, the kids were tired. It was it was the last day of the week. Um, <clears throat> I'm straddled with this coordinated program. Um, teaching a lesson plan that I kind of sensed wouldn't work and probably sabotaged myself and. It just was. It just did not get off the ground, and it was like got, got maybe half an hour, forty five minutes into the class, and it's like looked at them and it says, "You know, I just felt so sorry for us." Okay, we're gonna punt here. Let's and just you know took them off, to, ended the task, gave, gave them the rest of it for homework, and put them in groups and set up a discussion topic. And okay, eventually they kind of by the end of the class they kind of came back to it, but yeah, it was just it was just a perfect storm of. <laughs> screw ups so. and you would have loved to have taken it back I would like to I would I still would like to take it back you know that's actually an interesting stat right you know you try to figure out how to measure your teaching mm. and maybe one of the really effective ones would be to keep track of how many lessons you'd want to take back and do again do over again and oh, how like many that. right not, not that you know they went super well right mm. but just I guess it would be kind of like your strikeout Mm-hmm. statistics yeah yeah walking how, back to the dugout <laughs> pounding the bat yeah 
You still have the bat in your hand. That's pretty good. I probably would have been <laughs> flung somewhere. Okay, so what happened? Let's explain to the audience what happened, right? So we were um, we were going to do an episode, and we will admit what the topic is. Yeah, yeah. And, Trou- and, trouble, tr- troublesome colleagues, right? Right. You know, we wanted to talk about what happens. What do you do with troublesome colleagues or people who are giving you basically a hard time, whether they were people who were teaching you were teaching with or maybe people who you were working with or reporting to et cetera et cetera or whatever and and, and or troublesome boss yeah no boss it's yeah. just not very and good at his or her job what hap- we were hoping that our stories would be able to provide some insights into how to deal with um these problems that we'd be able to provide some concrete i guess takeaways and it kind of didn't work that way, did it? <laughs> no, we just we, we had our stories, and then we had really no solution other than to avoid them, right? <laughs> or right, find right. Other job. It just it was not helpful at all. Just, yeah, wait, wait. wait. Just... The solutions were avoid the people, <laughs> find another job, hide in the classroom during the lunch break. Right? Remember? And we, yes. And we wear been, headphones. You, wear yeah, headphones. You already in, in... you already know how to do. That. And then exactly. So what happened is we realized that we were not providing anything useful at all. And we were just kind of going nowhere. Yeah. So we saved you an hour. (laughs) And interestingly, though, Tony, and this is, I think, what I found kind of humorous about it, but also kind of tragic, right, is that it's exactly that saved an hour. We could take that back, but you know, when you teach that bad class, you can't take back the time of your students that you've wasted. So that was kind of nice to be able to at least say, ah, you know, that was good that I didn't put that out there. Yep. So that's what happened. So that's why we're here again, um, re-recording with a different topic. And so now that we've done our Mia Coppola's, Hmm. right, and apologized and explained what's going on, and uh, Tony, unless you want to add something to that. No. Um, I think let it, let, let it lie. I think it's time to start kind of talking a little bit about our our year in review. Looking yeah, at our a little self reflection. Look back and see what we did and what what we think uh, was worthwhile and what we might think about taking back. I don't know. Yeah, and our first we started the year with episode forty three, which was the tough enough episode where we talked about you know questions of discipline. You know, what should you do? Um, and also, I think the interesting thing was we talked about that Wall Street Journal article mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. I think, who was it? It was uh, Lip- Joanne Lippman, Lippman, right? Lippman, uh, that tough teachers get good results. And we just talked about how we thought it was a little bit on the misguided side. And yeah, and, and yeah, the conclusion, obviously, the conclusion was that, yeah, the, this writer was not a teacher and had never been in the classroom and really. It didn't get teaching whatsoever. Um, and that was, I mean, that I think that was, I don't know if it was a conclusion. I think it was fairly obvious. But um, the other thing about that was, I thought was interesting about that is, um, you know, even talking about the different examples and the stereotypes, you know, we talked about the, the TV teachers and movie teachers, um, how that concept of tough um can needs to be um so flexible and you know it's not a matter of being tough but it's like a judgment call on when to be tough and how to be tough yes uh, uh we I, I think we i think we did pretty well on that one right and also i think we talked about the fact that the schools she came from were you know people who were pretty much already set up to be you know successful in school um Right, that they, they mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. are the kind of kids who, you know, had been coming from middle class, upper middle class families minimally and had all the advantages of yeah. knowing how to act in a class, how to follow through, how to do work, you know, they which is to, huge. Yes, 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 <laughs> you, yes, yes. You can't assume, right? I mean, I mean just that, do what you just said, knowing how to act in the classroom, knowing what it means to be a student, knowing how to be in a classroom. Um, you know, people, you know, non-teachers, but I don't think non-teachers listening to this, but that is not something you can take for granted. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a really, really, really important thing. Um, I think because we get them too, right? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, I see the difference. I see the difference between students who know how to be students, who have been prepared, and um, 
know how to be in a class, how to act. They know how to stay on task, for example. Versus yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like later in the year, we did the um, uh, a couple episodes on school culture, and that's a really big part of it. You know, because if you you know, like for young teachers, you you might I don't the teacher the schools that you're at can can differ, and you might not even be able to sense where they sit sit on the scale. But when you are teaching at a quote unquote good university, the kids in your classroom, one thing that they know they know how to be students. They've got the school education game down. Um, and when you teach at a school that's not so highly regarded, um, that is maybe people's third, fourth, fifth, sixth only choice. Um, the reason for that is, is that they have not figured out that game and they don't know what it's like to be. You know, they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know how to be in the classroom. And then it becomes your problem. Yes, it's it's very, very true. And that's, I think, one of the basic ideas behind the KIPP schools, charter schools in the U.S., of teaching students how to actually to give them the skills necessary to be successful in a classroom. But, you know, I had just, I'm going through this tough issue still, even though that was mm. our first issue back in um, January. I think uh, I've mentioned it to you, Tony. It's the problem of my students submit their emails or their homework to me as attachments with email. And after seven weeks, eight weeks of going over it and going over it and providing them with, you know, corrective feedback, et cetera, I still get students who can't write the correct subject line or they misname their files or they, you know, I even give them, they can't even write the email properly, the message that even is on the website, you know, for them to copy and paste. Ah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, well, I was going to suggest a template of some kind. They have the template. That right. They have the template. Oh, there's no excuse then. They have the explanation. And finally, I think it was this week, I just finally walked into class because out of a class of um 18 students, something like 10 of them had sent me emails with mistakes. And I just really scolded them. Interestingly enough, I, it happened to be the exact same day that I received an email from a financial service that's in Japan that services expats. And they were, um, they sent me an email about expat um, health insurance. And there were mistakes in the email, Tony. Oh, I'm not surprised. I see. Well, I see that. Uh, I was surprised and from I, and a I, financial <clears throat> service, and I make my own. <laughs> well, there's a difference, though. Own. There's a difference. This is a business, right? Yeah. So, and I, I showed it to my students. I said, "Look, I was really interested in this. I wouldn't mind having some supplementary expat health insurance. It's you know kind of interesting idea. It's kind of necessary in some ways." And I said, "Why would I give these people money if they can't even write an email? The email had something like four or five mistakes in it." And they're not small mistakes. Like at one point, it they actually <laughs> forgot to, you know, they said, are on Japan national health insurance. They forgot to say, are you on Japan? And it's not even Japan, right? It's are you on Japanese national health insurance? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. by the sec, and they also forgot the comma after my name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was trying to show, I showed it to the students that nobody's going to take you seriously. And I said, I don't take you seriously when you send me mistakes. I really, really scolded them, but I didn't know what to do. So I just said, look, I'm sorry. You know, from now on, your emails are part of your grade. I'm changing the grading now. I have to. You've given me no choice. So I don't know. So I'm still dealing with the toughness issue. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, you know. Oh, by the way, I should mention this. I asked the students. I started by saying, you guys, you know, 10 of you out of 18 made mistakes in your email this week. I said, how many times... Do I have to correct you? How many times do I need to tell you you were wrong before I have the right to lose my temper with you and really scold you? And do you know that like two or three students said the teacher never has the right to lose their temper? <laughs> and I just thought to myself, wow, you are really going to have trouble in, in the real world. Mm. If you're going through life thinking that no matter how many mistakes you make, so... Right? Nobody's going to, <laughs> no one has a right to lose their temper, no matter how many mistakes you made. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, I'm still dealing with the toughness issue. What about you? 
looking at you thinking about you know looking at that topic and stuff um i have kind of gone in a, a, a pretty i think a, a different direction um i am i have become tougher on the actual assessment of their performance and gotten way less tough on things like uh, the things you're talking about, like submission of, of, of work and form and classroom, for lack of a word, behavior. But big qualifier. <clears throat> Again, I'm in a privileged situation uh, where I'm at the type of schools where the risk involved in uh, allowing that longer leash uh, is minimal. Uh, so these kids already know how to be in a classroom and the danger of you know letting them loose a bit uh is is not there so okay. they them they're, they're kind of self-monitoring so it's kind of taken the pressure off of me to do that in terms of like for example class control or discipline things um in terms of submission um uh, again one of the topics that we're talking about later on it's very much quote unquote case by case um, I look at the kid, I look at the, you know, the individual kid and just say, well, what, what is going to work for this one, right? So like, does this one get the whip or does this one get the sugar? Uh, and I just make a call that way. So for myself, I don't know that I'm tougher or less tough. Uh, I tend to deal with it more on an individual basis. I think I can be, I can be a real hard ass when I need to be. But I'm. I don't find that necessary most of the time. Well, this is at a good school. I, I mean, it's real. It's real frustration from students. It's, it's got to be frustrating because if you're at a good school and they don't respond to rational explanations, uh, it's it's kind of weird. And that, but, that that stat that just is, is also kind of bizarre that that three of the eighteen thought the teacher never had had the uh, right to lose control because I I would be surprised if any of my classes thought that but i could be wrong yeah it's an interesting question and i you know had sent back when they sent the emails you know i had always sent back an email back saying you know your subject line's wrong and i should point out that this is not a small thing is that the subject line is how the filters work mm, and yeah. You know, so anyway, what can I say? You know, mm. it's just okay. But let's move on. Let's move yeah. on because this is obviously, you know, yeah, like last week. It's like last week. Topic, we could right? do. Yeah. We could redo the topic one more time. Okay, next up. That we that we did the uh, the students right. Yeah, your five students. <clears throat> and uh, you you were kind of happy with that. I was kind of not so happy with it. Um, it was interesting for me because um, <clears throat> the because um, <laughs> it sounded so bad. <laughs> the technical. I remember that. Because that was that was my my screw up kind of um, yeah uh, the 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 recording quality was so poor um, it was really hard to hear the students a lot of the time and um, and content wise I guess my maybe I just went to it uh, expectations that were too high well it's the first time those kids were in front of a microphone being recorded probably yeah and it's the first time I did that kind of thing too so yeah it was the first time for all of us and it was. Again, no, no retakes. It was one shot right out of the box. So, I guess in that respect, it was okay. But yeah, well, it might it's, be nice to bring them in this year again, in the new year, and uh, ask them to do another episode. And yeah, like compare. a redo, huh? Yeah, <laughs> redo. And see, yeah, and see how they do. See if they've you know grown, if they've changed, and mm. let them listen, and they can make some evaluations. But I enjoyed listening to your students. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, I hope other people do too. Right, and then we started February off with final assessment tasks. Yeah, how to measure student learning was our real goal, right? Real tough. It's I mean, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, yeah. you, really sit back and figure out, you know, and it's probably something you should do at the very beginning. But you look look back at the end and say, okay, how do I measure uh, what I've taught them? Is like, what did I teach? What was well, I actually? Did I even teach to... them anything? Yeah, right. What <laughs> actually was I trying to teach them and? What did they learn, and how much of that was me? And what do you, what do you measure, and how do you measure? It's a, it's a, it's not, it's not, a, not a trivial task, and it's really difficult, especially in an oral communication class or a class that's geared towards them using their language to communicate. Yeah, 
And how do you not turn it into a task that they have to complete and measure how well they do the task, right? Right, right. A check off because there's, for example, there's the question of, um, you know, I could start students by putting them together in groups and have them say, okay, how was your weekend? Talk with each other. And they start off with basically being able to speak for three minutes at the beginning of the semester or the year. And by the end of the year, you know, I can just say, okay, get into your groups and talk about your weekends. And even the students who do not have strong English skills will be able to at least talk for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. is, that a, is that a useful measure? So you're right. That was just a, that's still a difficult one. Very, the, very final assessment you have anything you're going to be using did you change anything this year for your assessments um this year i have uh adapted your idea concept oh, I mean, that scares that, me. You, you that's something that you started but something that you do um with the uh, student presentations i'm having students evaluate that they're making presentations to small groups and the group evaluates the student the, the presenter okay and so that is a a change in are they uh, doing individual presentations or group presentations individual okay to to a group of five or mm, four or five there's four or five in a group mm. and then they get to do it a number of times right right exactly yeah. okay well i'll be interested to see how you feel about that yeah i, I did it in the, did it in the summer and, and i'm doing it again in uh, in uh, this semester in january so yeah are you going to curve the results um, it's, it's one of like, I think six components to their grade. So hmm. I throw it all together and then I curve it. I curve hmm. it at the, at the end. Huh. That's interesting. Cause I don't usually curve my class, but I curve the uh, presentation presentation results, hmm. you know, and set it so that, cause you know, the students are just, it can kind of be all over the place sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then the groups are all over the place and classes are all over the place. So, right. Yeah, I really do. I I I, I, cur I curve everything. There's, there's not a straight line. There's just no other way to do it. It's on a straight line. There's no flat. straight line in migrating anywhere. Okay. You, you'll die right. trying to find one. Right, but being able at least you can explain it, your grading system to somebody. <clears throat> That's good. Okay. Whether they'll understand it or not is another question. <laughs> That's I'm not going to explain it forever, but yeah. All right. And then we have our 46th episode, which was teaching writing. Yeah. And that's kind of, kind of funny because I'm actually right now I'm immersed in this um, one of the classes I've got is like a one semester reading and writing class. Don't get me started. But uh, <laughs> we're in the, we've got a couple of weeks that are dedicated to writing. And um, against all, not all, but most, so much criticism of, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, idiocy or the the weakness of the teaching like the, the five paragraph essay that's what I, I just fall back to that and i will in my defense um because because the reason that i do and and the reason i think that it's useful is because here in japan i mean and teaching the writing and the necessary skill that goes with it which i think is the critical thing critical thinking um and it's something that they really, really do need. Mm. Um, that, uh, yeah, they may, yeah, they may never, ever again in their life have to write a five paragraph essay. So what? <laughs> I say, um, because the skills that are involved in constructing and writing that five paragraph essay are something that's universally applicable and useful in any situation so many different situations so i make no apologies i teach five paragraph essays <laughs> well i completely agree with you on the critical thinking mm. um some of my students in fact will tell me that i'm the first person that's ever asked them what's the distinction between fact and opinion mm. and the idea of providing evidence for your statements is so vital for them. Oh yeah. So and just, and and it's a new idea. It's a, yeah. Except for just make a statement, back it up. Who are you? Who are you quoting? Who are you citing? Where did you get your evidence from? And teaching them, you know, the difference, you know, between giving your opinion and even say, you know, if you don't have any evidence, it's an opinion. So I agree with you completely. And the teaching writing is one of the best ways to get them to 
improve their critical thinking skills, but I truly am surprised that even my, my, my really, you know, successful students really struggle with critical thinking and generating ideas and working with facts and putting them into a logical manner. So the, yes, teaching writing is very valuable for them. And I mainly focus on the paragraph, Tony. Mm. I've decided I, that a good, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That it's teach. If I can teach them to write a good paragraph, mm -hmm. everything else will be easy. Then it's mm. simply a matter of stringing together paragraphs, but it's very difficult to get them to write a really good tight paragraph. Mm-hmm. 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 And they're finally beginning to appreciate my 12 word rule. <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, students hate it, but at the end, they realize that it's a good rule to follow. Mm. Okay, so teaching writing and and with I the writing, yeah, the, the, just to please. to end that up with the paragraph part, I go just slightly angle. For me, the 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 big you know, the, the paragraph for me is number two. The big one for me is the outline. Hmm. Outline, make the plan. You know, right. plan, plan before plan you write. Thing. Plan right. and think, put it that, and then I said, if you make a good plan, you make a good outline, then your paragraph just flows from that. And right, good point. Okay, go. Okay, so 47, and this is, I think, where we began to go to our once a month. No, not quite, not quite. We took a break, but we got right before our one, one a month things, we looked at um, teacher-student interaction, mm. right? Mm. And, oh, that's... Yeah, we're, we're pretty different on that, right? I mean, you're all Mr. Wiz, I'm all Tony. Um, mm. my, like a lot of my students, you know, we communicate a lot on, in Twitter and Facebook, um, cross all kinds of boundaries. <laughs> um, none, none that would get me fired, but, um, I think, Hopefully. Uh, I, no, I'm pretty sure. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And I'm not doing anything wrong, but, um, uh, cross, I mean, cross a lot of lines. Others teachers won't in terms of sharing personal information example, right? Um, I have a listening class, and in the textbook that we use, one of the units is about uh, the use of DNA uh, in uh, with the Innocence Project for you know uh, freeing people who've been convicted of crimes who are in fact innocent. Um, I when we've talked about you and I have talked about this, uh, Charles um, have. Uh, gotten this uh, 23andMe organization, which does a DNA analysis and gives you, used to be able to give you feedback on health. One part aspect of the information was health. The other was on ancestry. I think the, uh, the, uh, in the United States, the FDA has made them cut back on the health information that they and, were giving. And let me just interrupt, by the way, that's, so, as you pointed out, that's an amazingly interesting story. Oh, yeah. About how the, they interacted with the FDA and so if you look that up, if you're interested, people. Yeah, 23 and me. Yes. Okay, so. And, and so in that class, it's like, yeah, it's like we're talking about DNA. It's like, hey, guys, let me show you something. I pulled up the projector and it's like, okay, this is, this is, this is this my is Neanderthal my quotient. This, yeah, this is it. This is, this is my DNA. And they, you know, they were the Neanderthal stuff and the fact that, you know, the Native American and the East Asian DNA was so similar that they put it in the same group and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, yeah, it's like, okay. What what's more personal than like sharing your DNA with the whole class? I should mention that I do share lots of personal information, or well, not lots, but I do share personal information with my students. I just use the Mister Wiz as uh, just a, a way for them to learn to deal with people who are older than them. Oh, and valuable in situations, right? That it's up to me to tell them how to call me, right? Mm -hmm. But. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I do um, with my my students. I will, especially my seminar students. We will Skype when we're they're working on projects when they need to get together. I give out um, my email to students. Um, there's a lot of communication. They know to feel free to communicate with me. And in fact, even when I was scolding these students this um, this week, I actually talked about my wife and how my wife had put herself through school in Japan and wished that she didn't have to work so she could have focused more on her her classwork and learned no. more. And I said, excuse me, but my, my, my wife who didn't have any time to really do things right and you guys have all your time because your parents are paying for you. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be very tolerant of this. 
So I kind of will bring in, and I tell a lot of them, for example, in communication classes, I'll talk about, you know, an interaction Izumi and I had, or my daughter and I had, and how the cross-cultural or the fact of having someone who's bicultural. Mm. I think the yeah. only real formal way I am is with my name. Mm. Oh, that's So, okay. But I just wanted to correct that misconception. Yeah, and there's, and there's yeah, with with this situation, I mean, it's... um. It's something that each teacher has kind of kind of figure out on their own, you know, really kind of figure out with the teacher who you are, um, and how you can use that, how you have to use that uh, to maximize your effectiveness. I mean, you can't you can't make yourself something that you're not. Use what you've mm. got to to make to do that best job you can. And for some for some people, it's going to be extremely formal, and for other people, it's going to be the other end of the spectrum. And that's incredibly valuable for students to be exposed to that entire range mm -hmm, of people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I would I would ask a request for people, for those um, people who teach and use their first names, please explain that you are using your first name and that that would be maybe common in the United States and explain how first names and last names are used with honorifics. Mm -hmm. Because it's really important in Japan, I can use son with a first name or a last name. But we cannot use Mr. or Miss in English with a first name. It can only work with the last name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. okay. All right. So that was the teacher-student interaction. And, um, yeah. And then what happened next? Well, well transitioning. The um, Seeing our students move through the system, right? Right. You get students. And then uh, for, for me, I teach, you know, the most of my classes are first-year students. So I'm... I'm getting the kids in their first university experience and they're, you know, a lot of them are pretty green and some of them know how to be students. Some of them don't. Um, and, but there's all these different levels of maturity. Some are adultish, especially at some universities. Other times they're, they're really more like junior high school kids. They're so, mm. so immature. And so, mm. and, and, and then that, not in a negative way. They're just have they mature at such different uh, rates and paces. Uh, so they, they're all different kind of maturity levels. And well, you're a much nicer uh, person than me, because I would say, I'm sorry, if you're 18 years old and you and your behavior looks like a junior high school student. No, it's not a positive thing. <laughs> I, well, it's not a positive thing, but it's not their fault. I mean, it's not their fault. I mean, it's depending on their home situation in the high school that they went to. They haven't had a chance. They haven't had a chance to experiment, to make mistakes, to to figure out who the hell they are. They've just been following orders. Well, this is and they've really been rewarded, and they've been rewarded for following orders, and that's what's got them where they are. Uh, and, that's a different subject, though, Tony. Following yeah. orders and the learned dependency, right? Well, that's, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's part of the system, right? Well, maybe we need to talk about this, right? There the we go. Write it down. About maturity, yeah. because right, I was I'm I was very surprised. I went to uh, my daughter's concert. My daughter's concert, um, the winter concert, she participates in. She's a middle school student. She's in seventh grade. And I was talking to the students, and uh, this is an international school. I was talking to these students, and I was like, my my word, you guys basically, I it would have a difficult time if you showed up at my university telling the difference between these students and mm -hmm. my regular students. They had a level of maturity that is very different. So that would... Well, maturity it comes from experience, and if they don't have the experience, then it it it, it doesn't happen, right? Mm. And so, a lot of times in that first year, you see the transition. You watch them literally grow up, uh, you know, right before your eyes. And one of the, one of the things that I enjoy doing is I I take pictures of all the kids at the beginning of the year, so I can learn their name, try to learn their names, or at least I understand who the hell I'm giving it what grade to. Uh, but then at the end of the year, and I, I print out the 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 contact sheet and. Uh, you know, spread it around, you know, pass it around the classroom. Yeah, you real not scotchy thing. And it's, it's very interesting. Some kids haven't changed at all, and some kids are almost unrecognizable. <laughs> they've grown up and they've changed so much. And um, I, you know, also, have, you know, truly blessed and uh, very grateful that I have, a, 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 from what I gather for feedback that from other teacher things, proportionally a large number of students coming back to me um, talking to me and you know, thanking me. I, I I know, I know. I'm sorry I'm bragging, but um go for it. It Knock happens. Yeah, right. And you know, and I, the last year just a really great experience with students coming back to me. It's like, well yeah, I, you know, I need a letter of reference. So what are you doing? It's like, well, 
I want, I'm applying <laughs> to MIT because I want to, <laughs> I've, I've written, you know, I want, I want to do this and I'm doing into linguistics and, and they're the ones that I've written this Ruby program. And it's like, oh, God, <laughs> it's like, oh man. It's like, and quote, this is my quote unquote student. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going to teach you something. <laughs> right. I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing to teach you. It's like, you know, you're going to, you know, I, I want to sit in your class, <laughs> teach me something. But um, really some, some amazing students and, have really been lucky with them coming back talking to me and asking mm. for my advice and another kid who's like uh in 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 London doing graduate work and uh, this girl who's going to be next year at I'm sure at MIT and damn uh that process you know you're watching them come in as freshmen and then seeing them uh you know at the end of your year or the you know in, in the next couple of years when they're students is just ah uh, it's a, is there a better job? I don't know. I it's really, it's it. what I, it's, yeah, I'm very fortunate in our program that we, I will teach students from their second year, mm. second, third, and all the way to the fourth year to the time they graduate. And I actually know some students from the first year, because as I mentioned in our faculty, the students don't have a major the first year and they, mm. they declare their major at the end of the, or the beginning of the second semester. So middle of the second semester, and then join a, a department. So I know some of these students for four years. Mm. I know them, mm -hmm. and I get to watch them, and then I get them in my seminar. Some of the students, and it's I get to know them reasonably well, and watch their whole development, and watch them exit out to become. Many of them become teachers, and we kind of stay in contact with some of them, and I've been very fortunate that way. So yes, it's 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 really a nice thing to see watching them grow as human beings, watching mm -hmm. them grow from, as I say, I always remind my students, I say, do you remember your first like week in college when it was the most exciting thing in life? And they're like, yeah. And then I say, and now it's kind of like, oh man, Monday. <laughs> That's a fun transition to watch. Yeah. You know, yep, the, yep. where they realize it's just normal. Yeah. And, and, and to have the, you know, the responsibility and the honor to be some small part of that. It's just, it's just great. Right. And it's, it's, it, you know, you pointed out it's an honor. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to engage these other human beings intellectually and kind of prod them a little and guide them. And then the learning that I get to go through, they teach me. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the thrill. When, you know, the student just asks you a question you would never have thought of or takes some information and totally forms it and shapes it and then packages it in this unbelievable, it's great. Okay, so that's transitions. Mm. And so this we, is, and then we have the big one with with the um, uh, the, the guest teachers, right? Five teachers talking. Yes, yeah. so that's special thanks to that all was the a people. good one. That was a good I, one. Quality again, that. again, mea culpa, <laughs> backlashing for the for the the poor recording quality, and that's my my bad. But content right. was good. Yeah, it was it was interesting to hear what other people had to say and what they think about what's going on. So special thanks out to DJ Condon, who's the headmaster of Canadian Academy, and by the way, will be taking a job as the headmaster at an IB school, International Backyard School in Hawaii from next year. He'll be tough, leaving tough, us. Tough work, but someone's got to do it, huh? Yeah, somebody's got to teach in Hawaii. Yeah. Right? But DJ's a, quite an interesting man, you know, one of my favorite people, especially one of those really spectacular... He's been all over, though, right? I mean, he's he's been everywhere, everywhere. Right? yeah. He's been in the uh, international school system for a long time. And just a really interesting, interesting man, fantastic educator. So um, congrats to you, DJ. And then um, Allison from Kitsman from Kinky, right? Mm. Kindai. Uh, now Kindai, no longer Kinky University. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yes. I well, could... f finally, thank heavens that they've changed that name. I call it Berlitz University, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, whoa, well, whoa, well, whoa. Well, well. <laughs> that sounds like interesting, but okay. And Francis Shibara from Kobe Showing Women's University. And it was nice to get everyone's different opinions and their ideas. Yeah, and one of the ideas I just go, I'm going to go back to give Allison credit here because we talked about um, uh, students knowing how to be in a classroom, and uh, one of her big research areas um, in um, practitioner uh, focused uh, research is um, the front loading and the importance of I think she, I think it's her term. Uh, what was the term loading. again? Front, Front loading. loading. So the you know basic you know learning skills, learning uh, basics of how to take notes. 
I mean, for kids who don't understand what it means to be in a university classroom, the importance of getting that into their heads, heads up at the very beginning uh, so that every day after that counts. Uh, and she's done a lot of work in that area. And I, I meant to bring it up when we were talking about that other topic, but since her name is up here, um, that's one of her big areas. And uh, yeah, I, and I agree. Yes. Well, the other thing that's important on that is I do that. I give my students the Cornell note-taking template, but I also, um, I think we talked about this, about not giving students handouts, mm -hmm. requiring them to take notes because of mm -hmm. that, again, that learned dependency. But right, that was a great point about the, you know, provide the learning skills to the students, be very right. clear about what they have to do and show them how to do it. And because a lot of students really don't know how to take notes. Right, right. The one thing is you said there are clear expectations. Make your, what your expectations are, make sure that, number one, that you explain it clearly. Number two, which is not the same thing, make sure that they get it. Because they have all kinds of strategies and, and uh, adaptive behaviors, and it may look like they get it. And, and as you're finding out with your email, they don't get it. Ah. Uh. So it looks like they get it. It looks, you know, you, you explained it, you explained it, you explained it. Okay, you, you, you think you're done. You're not done. They haven't gotten it. Something, yes. something went, something's missing. And yeah, we, we are left here to flail and to try and figure out what that, what that gap is. Because between the teaching and the learning, something, something's going wrong, right? So, yes, this is the, the guy who wrote the, the book, the, the Inner Lives of Learners. Mm. I think I mentioned this before. This guy, and he, he put like um, microphones on students and recorded their interactions over a year. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the students were randomly selected, so they didn't know who was being recorded, who wasn't. So it was kind of an interesting idea to do that. Mm -hmm. But he just found out that teachers have absolutely no idea what's going on inside our students' minds. Mm -hmm. I'm always shocked as to how often they just are not getting it. And that's the frustration, is that the I think the email graphically shows me how little the students are getting or how a certain, actually, let me rephrase, that there's a certain percentage or a certain group of students who are just not getting it. Mm. So good point there. Good point on that. So yes, I completely agree. We need to support study skills, learning skills, provide students, you know, ex give students the skills they need to be successful in your classroom and just don't assume that they have them or that they know them or that they right. even know to, to use them. I mean... Yeah. You know, if you don't tell your students to write down a new word, most of them will not write down a new correcto, word. Correcto, correcto. Right? So Absolutely. tell them that there's an expectation. If I if I give you a new word, write it down because, and this might be... the And tell them again and again and again. And this is where a quiz <laughs> or a test becomes a useful tool. Oh, absolutely. Oh, testing and quizzing is really useful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Tell them it's going to be... Because that's the... the actual process of taking the test is actually a learning experience it, it if you design it if you design it properly of course i do right of course <laughs> you do tony is there anything that you don't do properly okay and so transitioning from that one from five teachers talking it's perfect we went yeah, right. into the students we, are unteachable students right and this was when we went to the once a month i think yeah okay yeah, and that's yeah. right we talked about unteachable and here our real concern was this the, the unspoken thing yeah the it's thing like that you, i swear i think when you bail whoa nobody nobody talks about this mm. or no let me rephrase i can't make that you know that's like that's like a oh, black swan thing <laughs> but only people who i think i really trust or who trust me will ever admit that they just had to bail on a kid mm-hmm Okay, and we, I think the key point we mentioned here was that when we talk about this, we're talking about college students, university students. Mm -hmm. This is significantly different than teaching elementary, junior high school, or high school Big, kids, big difference. And we, can, we made and we that distinction in the, in the podcast, you, right. too, because it really is a big difference. You cannot, really yeah, yeah, difference. you cannot give up, I think. You can't. No, and the reason I, I say that is because I'm not teaching high school anymore. <laughs> It's really easy for me to sit here and say, don't give up. And I think that's what we were trying to get at is, what is it like to really deal with the student who's pushed all your buttons, who just is not getting it, who is like, and I think what we really wanted to say was unteachable by me. And I'll say yes. Okay, and I'll say yes, but, and, mm. uh, and, and maybe that still applies, but there are 
the students who their intention is to self-destruct. Mm. Uh, and uh, there is, and, and again, there's uh, one thing I'm going to say is like, well, yeah, there's very little you can do about it. And maybe there's nothing you can do about it, but maybe that is you or, or me uh, that can't do it. Maybe somebody else could. Yes, and maybe it's somebody else who's having that student more than ninety minutes a week for only fifteen weeks. Well, that, that, that that's a big point. That, that's co- that's coming up a couple of episodes <laughs> of failure by design. Yeah, right. But we're just talking about that. How I mean, yeah. I just see some of these students. I just see for fifteen weeks for ninety minutes. Mm. I don't have time to help them work with them if they're not really open. If they're not willing to do the work, some of these students come to class with real problems real issues that have to, you know, I'd like to respect, but, you know, I... And like, pragmatically, you've got another... Some, 25 some of us, kids. Well, 25 kids. I've got another 600 kids... Right. Um, ...that also need me <laughs> and my attention and my time. So yes. when you're one of 600 kids, no matter, you know, all, all best intentions, it's like, you, realistically, it's like... At a certain point, this one kid, the resources available, you, you, sometimes you've just got to make that a tough, really tough call. Yes. Well, I think I mentioned that I was going to, um, thinking about that ABC track mm. with my classes so that the student who isn't appropriate in the class or is having trouble, they have a way out and I have more time to focus on students. I'll tell you if that works out. But okay, so Unteachable, I think, was one of those that hit us really hard, yeah. both of us, yeah. I think, emotionally. And, tried to, and that was the, honestly, Tony, that was the episode that it was hardest for me to be honest. Hmm. You know, to really kind of be really honest and admit hmm. that, you know, what are my limits as a, as a human being, as an educator, hmm. as a person? You know, um, what are my limits of giving? Hmm. And how, what do I, and the, the, that feeling of powerlessness when it's like, wait, I can't affect this kid. Mm-hmm. This kid will not even listen to me and has absolutely no, you know, respect for me. Mm-hmm. That was a hard episode, I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we went to school culture. This was <laughs> I thought of another one of the interesting topics. Yeah, the, and again, the, the, the your suggestion. Them, right? yeah. yeah, and your yeah, suggestion, yeah. your suggestion, this this topic. A lot of them, by the way, for our listeners, a lot of the topics were negotiating. Right. We'll suggest and then we'll kind of I think they change and they vary. Right. But the school culture one was your idea. And I thought it was an excellent idea to talk about it, especially from the students side, how schools vary by student and then the really <laughs> the administrative side. So let's go sure. into school culture. And yeah, because it really struck me because I, I, te- I teach at and have taught at so many different schools and the differences are just so striking and they're not insignificant. I mean, they make a, they make, it's a huge impact, whether you're talking about the administration and how it has on the students, the students and the administration, the, the way that that bleeds into the classroom is, is it's fascinating. Um, mm. And it's something that you really need to be aware of so that you can manipulate that to your advantage. And uh, damn, there are really big differences. Yes. And that kind of ties in a little bit to the unteachable episode we were talking about. And, Right. There's just students come into schools and these schools have very different expectations. I know I teach one place um, and that's just a really high level school and the students come in with high expectations. And the school is known for giving incredible amounts of homework and having high expectations of how much time students will spend working on their classwork. And then there are other schools where it's just for the you know the students to basically develop their their social networks clubs and mm-hmm. circles are more important than the academics so yes it's a good thing and the key takeaway there was be very clear what kind of environment you're in and what are the i guess the limits or the parameters that you're working within and modify those as much as possible to get the students to learn yep Okay, yep. and then uh, school culture part two is the administration. <laughs> I was amazed that we didn't end up turning that into a bitch session. Mm. But yes, and by the way, we had the incredible oh, we're um, good. oversight. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> we're good. Why don't you talk about that? <laughs> we mentioned it in the next episode, but how did we miss that? Yeah, about know. evaluating or assessing? Yeah, the thing is about the use of English, right? It's like, it's... A, it's it, well, it's a it's a huge thing, and it's so obvious that you know we just completely blew right past it. But 
Um, when you've got a school that is, and you, you would think this is like a, would be a universal, but it is not. It's like okay, you're employing a certain number of people who are not Japanese nationals. We're not Japanese. Some of us do not speak Japanese, and fewer of us can read it. Um, the basic consideration, I mean, for example, foreign language, English, right? It's like critical information. Get it in English. Uh, it's such a small, and it's such a, it's a huge tell. And you have like some schools that all the information is in exclusively in Japanese and you're on your own and that's the hell with you. And others that really, to the other extreme, it's like everything's, not only you get like the, the, the paper in English, you get an email from the coordinator and this is explained and so forth and so on. Um, it tells, it's a, and it's a whole tell about where the institution's focus is. You know, it's okay. This, this is a school that cares about its teachers. Duh, okay, it cares about the education. Absolutely. And someone who doesn't care, it's there. It's a business. Hmm. And, and all, all points in between, right? But damn. It's a, uh, yeah. The, again, the, the spectrum is so wide, and the, the, my experience is so varied been at both ends and everywhere in between mm. so yeah it's huge right and i would probably just mention that some people might be saying wait a second well you live in japan you know would you expect this in america right so that if you know you have a language mm -hmm. department should the the communications be in spanish or japanese or chinese and in defense of this hoping for english communication i pass my the emails off to my wife to say, could you check this for me, please? And she has no idea what's being said. <laughs> and on top of that, you have the whole fact that Jap Japanese is not an explicit language mm -hmm. and you're having to interpret. No. So it's like, if you exactly want me to do something, please be clear about it. Mm -hmm. So yes. So English, I think helps and makes life a lot easier for people. And there's just, as you say, I know many people who can, you know, speak Japanese and have conversations and talk to people, but reading is just a very time consuming process especially for someone like myself. So Re reading and, and as you said, deciphering because yes. so often it is not, it's, it's not, not transparent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then it's also, it's the writing system is definitely not, as we say, it does not use the same rhetoric and logical connections that we uh, do. Un unlimited challenges. Yes. It's, it's a good way to put it. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. And then, so we did how administration and how, do they support teachers? How do they support teachers? Do they make things easy by giving you classrooms, making it easy to change classrooms? Yeah, is, giving is you. It, it, yeah, who's the client, right? Right, exactly. Who's yeah, the who's, customer? Yeah, like, because there are some schools I know that the administration actually believes that the school runs because of them and the teachers are just an accessory. <laughs> you know, these kind evil. of places. Sure. Yes, right, exactly. And it'd be know, a great school if we could just get rid of the teachers. Exactly. That's what these people think. It's like, why are the teachers <laughs> getting in the way? Right. And the worst part, I think, is that, as we, I think we mentioned this, is that most people in administration have no education background. Yep. yep they yep, really don't yep. know. So the people who are I'm talking to about stuff just, and some of, anyway, so let's not go into there. Okay. Failure by design, which is kind of tied into the school yeah, culture. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Right. Right. On okay. Here. And. Tony, why don't, this is one of your favorite topics, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Why don't you yeah, carry this, this is, one? This is my, carry this the is my thing because you know, just, there's so many different ways that um, systemic is part of the you know, institutional cultures and structures and design. It's like it. there is no way. It's just set up from the very beginning. You are set up to, to fail. Uh, there's no way that you are able to achieve success given the constraints and situation that you've got, whether it's, we've already talked about, you know, once a week, 90 minute class, foreign language, never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You don't learn a foreign language by exposure one day a week, period. I have my classes, a lot of my classes, there are over 40 students in a communication class. On and on and on. I mean, and we, we, you know, the episode was the episode, but there's so many different ways that by just from the get go, it's like there's whoever thought this up, no one did, obviously, 
Um, but the situation is... I don't know. I get scared. I get scared that somebody actually did sit down and think it through. <laughs> uh, I, that, can't I, think think that. I, I can't I, think that. I can't think It's got to happen just like a number of, you know, just these impossible mistakes and compromises. And it just like turned out to be this monstrosity that no one can bear to look at. Well, just to th- toss something out, someone I talked to, I think I mentioned this, that it just seems disorganized. And this person took a very interesting take, which said, if you look at Japan in the 1960s, where universities were really radical. Oh, yeah. Going, right? They were going crazy. It was wild. Yeah. Right. The, what did they do? What? How did they change the system so to make sure that wouldn't happen again? But... Um, there is always the question of the role of, you know, how people see education. Is it a socializing agent or is it um, an agent to create independent citizens who are capable uh, of critical thought? We have another topic. Yeah, so we can go on to that. So anyway, but I would suggest people, um, listeners, I think, Tony, you really have a really great take on that topic. I think it's insightful and accurate. And whenever I wonder about things, I kind of will give it an extra listen. But taking failure by design, we then went into plagiarism. And yeah. I just, just the, think last, that... the last thing about failure, though, the other oh, thing okay. is, is that there's a lot of people here who, again, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, but the, the, the goal is to pre- actually prevent true Learning. fluency. Because yes. fluency implies that cultural difference in awareness and ability and that's the last thing that people want hmm. they, they you know, learn the words learn the grammar eschew the culture and, and, that's, and that is the goal <laughs> and yeah and that's and that's why we are so hamstrung because the last thing that we people some people <clears throat> really want is fluency so yeah okay, okay anyway so plagiarism yeah plagiarism we can i don't think we need to go over this one too much but um the only thing i'd say is uh we talked about the cultural differences in sampling uh-huh. <laughs> to put uh-huh. it mildly uh-huh. and i even in this uh master's course i'm teaching we're going through students are getting ready they're writing their master's thesis and i had a couple of students come in and i was just like excuse me this is not your writing it's obviously not your writing it's you know a paragraph without a grammar mistake you're non-native speakers <laughs> in english i can tell this is not your writing where's the citation and then it's like well um okay i said you have a citation i said this isn't your writing this is a quote and they go no i i rep- i changed it it's a paraphrase i said well how much <laughs> did you change and they said i don't know like 10 percent, 15 percent. it's even though it's been explained so the question with plagiarism is what part of this are you not getting and what how do i need to explain it more clearly but mm. yeah and a lot of it also is that a lot of the plagiarism for a certain kind of student is just a mistake and they're note-taking, but that doesn't matter. Mm. Okay, so I think we've covered plagiarism. Mm. Okay, next, the number of students, the dynamic question. How many good students or bad students do you need in a class? Or wait, let me rephrase that. How many bad students do you need in a class? How? Do, what number of students affects the dynamic? Mm. Of course, we didn't come up with a number. <laughs> but, but we alpha certainly... alpha plus x <laughs> yeah right but but uh, we did do i think a pretty decent job of like exploring the dynamic and talking about how uh important it is and how big an effect either good students or bad students can have on the rest of the class and talked about like class personalities and how varied they are and how uncontrollable <laughs> and different they are and how it really is a real challenge to look at it and understand what, what you can change and what you can't. And then what you can change to turn it around and, and use it to your advantage and, and consequently their advantage uh, in terms of their learning. But um, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, see, every April you new classes and stuff and you're just like hoping. <laughs> just so, you know, just like, Oh, please, 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 please. And you look, please, at the, dear you know, Lord, <laughs> please, dear Lord. Yes. Because only... at a certain point, there's nothing you can do. Yes. There's a certain point is there's nothing you can do. But I also think Tony, the key point from that episode was the real importance of dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's just not a one-way thing. It's not a two-way thing. Mm. It's this unbelievably complex thing that's involving individuals, groups, subgroups, um, and then the teacher, as well as the you have to bring in the time issue, mm. right? Yeah, the, yeah. You know the fact that there's a transition that's going on in terms of time that 
that dynamic and what you do and how it affects things and how it it's just it's not fixed. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's this constant balancing act. So you got the, the class and you got the individuals that are involved. It's like your time and your dynamics. Like how many? Okay, this one kid. We talked about the unteachable one, and okay, and this is affecting the rest of the class. And how are they reacting? And what they're feeding off me and my reaction. So you're dealing with the, the problem kid. You get you got the really good kids. You don't want to shortchange him or her and then you've got the stuff that you are important with you to do the, the dynamic that you think is, ah teaching is easy <laughs> yeah yes and that's why we that's why we have 56 episodes <laughs> but also there's that whole point too that it's just not you i think it's that lose the ego right? kind of thing right, right? That right. there's just right. you know and um you know that's kind of an interesting thing and i think when we can talk about just the whole relationship of ego in teaching that should be another episode we okay. talk about Write next it year down. yes but okay so we're to the end of the year almost right yeah. we're to episode 56 and this one by the way some of my students listened to this and got very they were i asked them and they said it was really interesting and helpful this is where we talked about the fact that um what does student-centered learning mean? And it was interesting for me to hear how you understand it and how I understand it. And one of the other things I think that came up was that a lot of people claim to be students, you know, that they're doing student-centered classrooms or student-centered teaching, but they're not. And I checked with my students after um, we, we kind of did this episode and um, I asked my my seminar students, I said, well, how what proportion of your classes are basically student-centered and they just were like they said it was really hard there were so few and i said yeah well you know i gotta i'm really work you know i said it's the end of the year and one of my goals for next year as i said is to not talk so much and they were like what they said you talk less than anybody we know in the classroom you give us more time to work together and do things so at least i have i'm invoking them to say that i am not one of those people who claims to be student-centered but i think the interesting thing was the differences in definitions understandings but also why do people not do it and we came i think up to the conclusion that it's because it requires so much more prep time to Ironically, do it right huh? yep. unless you've got that great group of students who really know have all those skills we previously talked about. They know how to learn, they know how to stay on task, they're self-regulating, they're able to come into class and they have learning goals, they have objectives, mm -hmm. there are things they want to accomplish. But I, I enjoyed that student-centered learning episode. It was interesting to get your ideas and opinions on that. Even I think we both consider ourselves to be people who do st student-centered learning. Well, it's not, it's, it's uh, with all these things, it's, it's really nice with the episodes and maybe the, these are the, the best ones, the ones that that you and I actually learned something from just by ha sitting down and hashing out some of the ideas and issues and things that, yeah, we learn things ourselves. Right. Mm. And just, like, like in our classrooms where we learn, you know, from our students. Right. Mm. Um, that's when you know that things are working. Yeah. And the emphasis there too, is that it's student centered learning, not student centered teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. And that Bingo. whole understanding that it's not about the teaching, it's about the learning. Bingo. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yep. that's something I think I keep saying is that there's no such thing as teaching. We've talked about this before. I think it mm -hmm. came up during the year where I said, all we can do as educators is create opportunities for learning that are appropriately sequenced. And remember that was which episode? I think it was the student centered learning where the idea came up about the teacher's real role is to figure out what's the next best move. Hmm. I, I think, that, I came, I think that came out of that probably, episode. Probably. Yeah. So I think, okay. So Tony, we've gone through a year of episodes so, and people are probably so saying, bad, why huh? didn't you, people are probably saying, why didn't you just do that in the first place? <laughs> Save us all the time for having to <laughs> listen to all these podcasts. You could have just summarized them and I would have like listened in an hour and gotten everything. So it's the end of the year, Tony. We've yeah. kind of summarized and reviewed and what are you, any goals, any objectives, anything you want to work on next year? Next year? I'm not thinking about it yet. Yeah. Still, I'm still pretty buried. Still pretty buried. Uh, very intense period right now until uh, the the winter break. So, I'll think about next year then. <laughs> mm, that's a good call. Yes. Yeah, because the next year is like a little bit too far away. Right. I, yeah, I'm trying to actually start thinking about it because of, you know, the syllabus and writing things. I kind of want to figure out how to write them so that I get more freedom so I can do different things and. Also, just how I want to teach things a little differently, because I'm kind of overwhelmed also. But I, I thought to myself, you know, this is maybe a really good time to at least force myself to step back a little bit. Not when I'm calm, 
But in the midst of all this, this chaos that I'm going through right now, what's going on here? Let me just observe it. Let me say, okay, let me do my planning right now and see how that works. And that's the first time for me to do that. Because usually I wait till the end when it's things have calmed down. It's usually during the winter break, uh, the end of the semester, grading gets done. And I think, where do I want to go next? What well, wise move, wise move. I mean, I, I'm, I, that is obviously the, what you want to do if you can, if you can, <laughs> <laughs> if you can, that, that that is the key phrase. Yes, yes. Well, I'll, I'll see, tell you how it develops and how it works. I have really no idea, but uh, I'm trying to at least look at things in the immediacy of the moment and not like allow it to be too colored by memory. Mm -hmm. I always get concerned about that, but it is not a pleasant experience. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. As always, the reflection hurts more than it feels good, I think. There's yeah. so much more I could do. I could be so much better if I just did it. Okay, so I think that's a pretty good wrap-up, Tony. Yeah. For our so, year. We've reviewed the year. Yeah, so here it is. So, yeah, happy holidays to everybody, whatever you're doing. And Christmas, please give... Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, <laughs> whatever else is out there. And if you'd like to give us a, a, a holiday present, our plea again for feedback. Let that us would know. be real nice. If you, uh, if dear Santa, <laughs> yes, please, just, please get again. Just Somebody drop us the, even a one line thing, a one it, sentence there's hundreds thing. Of, there's hundreds of people out there. So come on, give it up. <laughs> give us a shout, man. Let us know what's going on, what you've liked, what you haven't liked. Um, what you'd like to ah, uh, what you'd like us to talk about? In Absolutely, the would be that'd great. be so helpful. That'd be so helpful because you have no idea how hard it is to think of these topics. <laughs> no, Tony. Actually, I do know how hard it is to come up with topics. I'm talking to them, not us. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Yeah, I thought you were talking to me again. <laughs> I'm talking to them. It's like, come on, man, give us a break here. <laughs> okay, so Tony, at this point, we're going on. I think how many years have we been doing this? Now? I don't know. That maybe two and a half, two years. I think two about years. I don't know. Two and a half years. I think. Will this be, it'll yeah, be three because years in spring, eh? That's right. It's three years we've been doing this podcast. It'll be three years. It's, wow. I really didn't know that I had that much, you know, little to say, but I managed to say it. Okay. <laughs> well, we're not sure about that either. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a nice comment. Thank you, Tony. But I'll just let that one hang in the air as the, your Christmas present to me. So, okay, yeah. we are two teachers talking. Yeah. Two teachers talking.com, two teachers talking at gmail.com, two teachers talking on iTunes as the podcast, and, and just figure out anything you can add on to two teachers talking. It's probably us. You'll end up with, yeah, you'll end up there. Okay, so the end of the year, happy holidays to everyone. Yeah, and... Merry Christmas. I'll say Merry Christmas. Yes. And happy holidays. Yes, and just, um, and even for those people, just happy winter break. And the, I think, New Year's is around and enjoy that and we will be talking to you or talking at you <laughs> at in January. So So let's uh, wait. Let's uh, are we gonna do a January one? Do we wanna do a January one? I think we should. Okay, let's do a yeah. January. So yeah, let's we'll see you guys in January. We'll, we'll start off the year big, and um, yeah, and we'll start off really big. If who you knows what the hell some we'll do. feedback <laughs> that'll give us the topic. We'll right? be here with something, yeah. yeah we'll talk, we'll since we did some... the retrospective this time, we don't know what we're going to do next time. Well, oh, we could do. Oh, we could maybe just talk about the possible topics we're talking about. <laughs> a retrospective. What would that be called? A prospective? Uh, a preview? Prospective? A a huh? a yeah, that's an interesting question, isn't it? So anyway, I think that's a good point to hang up. So this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. We are two teachers talking and yeah. wishing everyone a wonderful end of the year. All righty. Okay, bye. <laughs>